Before we start today's show, I'd just like to send a shout out to a really dear friend of mine, Guru Lee Taylor, and his son George Taylor. They were caught up in an accident last weekend. They're both seriously banged up, but thankfully they're both alive. I've seen the pictures and it just looks horrendous. So prayers from a lapsed Catholic going out to you. And uh, if any of you guys know Lee, just send him a quick word, just on Facebook or send him a text. Uh, he could really do with some love right now. So Lee. All the best from everyone. Take care. Lots of love, man. There's, there's different forms of self-defence. The first form of self-defence is don't be there. Look at a situation first, go, shit, that looks bad. I'm out. I'm not going to be here. It's personal safety awareness. Hi, this is Mick Tully, and you're listening to Mixed Martial Arts. Okay, today I've got somebody, uh, I actually think he should be way, way, way more well-known than he is. And I'm going to say something quite controversial. He's probably the only guy that's going to convince me at the moment on pressure points, all right? But he's uh, he's an awesome martial artist, and it's Mr. Peter Holmes. How you doing? Yeah, right. There, right? Yeah, so, the beginning's always a good place. Where did you start in martial arts, and why did you start in martial arts? Originally, I started doing... Wing Chun Kung Fu. Yeah. Then Shaolin Kung Fu. Yeah. I stopped for a break because I was earning not a lot of money then. I was on the apprenticeship, so I was like 16. What was that? 18. A uh, carpenter. Oh, beautiful. Yeah. So, but I was on 27.30 a week. And paying my mum and dad board of a tenner. Yeah. I had a motorbike to run. So, and then tools to buy. And tools are still the same sort of price. Yeah, 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 they are, yeah. Yeah. So, I was paying this guy who was phenomenal at Shaolin Kung Fu. Absolutely awesome. um, In Peterborough. And I was paying him £4 a session. Yeah. All he was doing was taking the money, going to the bar, because it was all at Brotherhood's Club and different clubs. Yeah, yeah. Getting pissed. And letting his black belts take the class. Oh, no. And I was like, I'm working too hard for this. It's too tight. So I ended up stopping. And I stopped for years. And then I hurt my back at work. And I started doing started doing tanks at home, basically because of the stretching. So yeah. the straight up stretching and yeah, 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 with the Korean kicking stuff. And then basically got up to the black belt in that and started then doing the pressure points at George Dillman and Leon Jay's place down in London. I went to a seminar. Right, okay. Um, got to know Russ Stukely. Yeah. Um, and basically then started training with him. Because you because you were his right hand man for a long time, yeah. right? Yeah. Well, what we did, we started. I started at his club, then was training with him, and he moved to Oakham. Yeah. Then what I was doing, I'd go between five and six times a week to Oakham. Yeah. And on a Sunday, I'd start half six in the morning and finish up four in the afternoon with him. Right. And from that, become sort of best mates and really good mates and sort of training partners. And then our, both our levels went. Yeah, 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 up yeah. And then got in through the Dragon Society, sort of that way. Well, you see, this thing, first time I met you, it was at, it was at one of the Children for Cancer stuff. And I was looking at you, and I actually, that's why I said Kempo. Because I thought you, I thought it was, yeah, first of all, I thought you looked more like. Ed Parker's because I've trained with a few of those guys and I'm telling you you know those guys trained correctly 
those guys do do the stuff and I watched you and I was like that guy can bang because you know you look like a, yeah you look, you look like a powerlifter I'm just looking at him now and this guy's got huge hands I can see where the, the carpentry thing came into because I would like the pressure points yeah that's that's more finesse than banging right yeah well, what it was you've got two of the main masters for the dragon site you got Tom Muncy and Rick Moneymaker yeah 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 well that's where my pressure point background comes from is from the Dragon Society yeah um, and still is now I mean I'm still second down black belt in the Dragon Society and then doing I'm taking a few lads through yeah going through the grades for them um, but yeah but there was one thing you've got Rick who was he's a normal sized guy yeah a normal guy and you've got Tom Muncy who is a massive guy yeah yeah yeah, yeah. he's like six four, and he's a big strong bloke and he said to me the bigger you are the more finesse you have to use because otherwise people assume that you're just using power yeah 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 yeah. consequently you I then go right I've got to do it exactly right so I've got to train and practice and practice and practice rather than the smaller guys and 99% of people that do the points are used to just banging it yeah. Yeah. And then people look at it and go, yeah, you're just hitting hard. Yeah. Well, no. What you're doing, you've got to get the finesse right first. If you can do it with finesse, anybody can bang it. You know, everyone gets the martial bit, and so many people forget the artist bit. And it's the finesse. It's like, yeah, if you're not in the building trade now, I'm going to apologise. But just by speaking to you now, you weren't a shuttering carpenter, right? You know what I mean? And that, if you don't know what that means, is a shuttering carpenter is the guy who's got, he's got an elbow bag and he can go down and if he basically can understand a bit of structure he'll get by and make a few quid right but like your joiner and your car yeah you know, the, the 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 second fix guys are great but then the the real joiners you know That's these right. guys who are like you know there's a world of dis- difference between the two and i look at martial artists and i just see a lot of first fix carpenters yeah. uh, spoofers get away with it and you know if they get caught out they'll do something next week you know yeah. oh, i'm a plumber's mate next week or whatever but it's like but what what was it that uh, what was it that appealed to you? Was it the understanding of like the body because of the bad back? Um, with martial arts, it was basically that was the main martial art with tanks it was the main martial art that was in the village where I lived. Right. So and with the stretching, I thought, well, it'd be quite good for that. We'll give it a go. So that's why I started that. But when I did the point stuff, the pressure points, it was one thing that George Dillman did. And what it was, he stood next to this guy, and this guy was a big, fat bloke from London, mouthing off while Dillman was talking. Yeah. And as he was talking, without even battering an eyelid, he lifted his arm up, he hit the bladder points across the eye, and sparked the bloke. Right. And carried on talking. Never even flinched. And I was like... I've got to do that. Yeah, I'll have some of that, yeah. He never, ever showed anything to do with that at all. He just shows the basic. Basically, what Dillman does is he's cash and money. He's yeah. good money, man. Um, but then, from then, I got to know Russ and built up through and then got into the Yeah, you, you see, you know, I sort of, with the JKD, I had the same sort of thing. I met a guy who got me in the door. And, yeah, he's a nice enough guy. He doesn't really think very highly of me, but, you know, that's... That's his cross to bear, not mine. Um, but wow, you know, I'll be forever indebted to him because he got me in. And not only that, then he gave me a frame of reference of going, right, okay. Because I thought he was awesome. 
and then next thing you know I see Rick, Rick Young and Rick Fay and you know, Guru Dan and then like, I don't know if you got this but you looked at these guys you're looking at them and you think these are legends and then next thing you know they want you to train with them I bet you know what, what were you like when you walk into it first time you ever trained with say like Tom Muncy oh, what was that like? them, it's just the first time I trained with Tom was we went to Bourne and there was uh, the DSI brought about six instructors over because Russ's school was at Bourne yeah. so he organised this seminar and there was about six other Dragons instru- head instructors come over as Michael pa- Patrick um, Randy Rusty um, there was Rick and Tom but the first time I see Tom I mean he is a big guy Yeah. and Russ said to me and Tom and Rick I went, when you see him he likes you to shake his hand and put your arm on the lung point on the arm and just do that so I went yeah alright then so I shook hands and went shit the size of his arm is just like concrete yeah he looked at me and smiled and he went son you're alright hit me on gallbladder 20 uh, 21 on the shoulder and just dropped me really yeah it was just oh, it was like getting hit by a train really and from then on it's brilliant let's put it this way I know there's value to it all because there's not one martial art oh yeah you saw me teaching there earlier I throw a bit of Tai Chi in you know what I mean everything will work it's like especially you know, with the pressure points, what you find is you get the guys like yourself who do it and, and work out. And then you get the guys that rock up and you just look at them and it's like, you know, I know Dillman got himself into a bit of trouble. There was some controversy there. Yeah, what was that all about? To be honest, what I've tried to do is keep right out of the yeah, way. Yeah, yeah, I don't want to drag it's, you into politics. No, but it, and that's basically all it is. Yeah. I mean, he started, his thing is earning money. Yeah, you know I mean, you see. Everything. Well, he's got Muhammad Ali's camp. Yeah, you know, I mean, the guy's it. got dope. He and that's the thing. Everything to do with him is marketing. Nothing yeah. to do with his students. I mean, one of the big things with him was, he says, "I don't want black belts." He said, "Black belts don't mean anything to me." He said, "I want up to green belts." That's it. Because they're, that's they're where the money makers. Is. Yeah, oh, and that's right. where, and that's his whole whole thing. Plus, you need to know more. The thing is, I've found this for myself in my own teaching. I have to go back to my old notes. I've had to up my jiu-jitsu game because all the guys who train with me, yeah. they're, they're not students anymore. They're contemporaries. And the thing is, if I if I want them to keep turning up, I have to give them something. Yeah, I have this thing with uh, the guys who train with me. Uh, Martin Toe and John Scott, I'm giving you a shout out here. Those guys every week, I, I teach them at least something new every week or a, a, just a nuance on something, something yeah. they might not have seen before. But, and yeah, they'd still turn up, listen to my jokes and humour me, but it's a progression and I want them to get better. And that's it. Because look where, look where, you, where you were when you started and look where you are now and I'm going to go on to something now that uh, Tony Bailey told me and I knew that I knew a little bit about it but you know, your back injury what 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 happened originally? What it was I hurt my back when I did it first I hurt my back I slipped a disc put in a floor down right um, and then the doctor screwed it up by saying oh there's nothing wrong here and kept me going and going yeah you keep working through it right yeah and basically it was a slip disc I had about four and a half months in traction and six months off work wow yeah, so it was basically at hospital at home because my mum's a district nurse. Right. So then started doing, once I was feeling all right, the stretching. Um, basically, a little while ago, I've just had a, basically a double discectomy. So basically, I've slipped two discs on L3 yeah. and L4, which is one of the most common martial arts injuries. 
is right. L3 and L4 with the turning because it's low down. Yeah, 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 yeah. So now the fluid's leaked out of both of them, so that there's basically no disc on the two. Oh God. So the points and that works for me. I mean, my background is say tanks today, so. I struggle with the kick in and that side. Yeah. Hence the reason that Steve Lloyd, who is phenomenal. I yeah. mean, he's the lad I'm in the gym with. Now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and we were doing the stuff today. I mean, everybody's just blind. Yeah, by, everyone was going by the power. Yeah, everyone was everyone was telling me all about it because the thing is, doc, doctor can't understand how you're walking at the moment, right? That's right. Because they can't understand what it is. They can't understand why I can't. The pain isn't so bad I can't walk and how bad is the pain uh, it's okay you can live I, with it right yeah yeah I'll, and how, how old are you now 46 yeah you're still it's relatively same age as me young man you know what I mean but yeah, I don't know about you but I don't even think I've scratched the surface of what I want to do in martial arts no. Is that I'm only just coming into it now going shit I can't believe I didn't believe in myself for longer you know you know what I mean yeah well I wish I'd have done this place 10-15 years ago yeah how long have you been here two years yeah give it a shout out it's a mortal 365 right yeah that's it I'll tell you something it's a great facility six it's nearly 8,000 square foot mate area wow and you had Pat O'Malley here We've recently had, yeah, yeah we've had the FMA Filipino Martial Arts Festival it's here twice has been here twice yes um, we've got basically lightning harness that yes. train here that oh, that's the stick that we do yeah right um, and then yeah we've got and what, what else are you teaching here we do MMA which yeah. we've got Darren Sauchu teaches the I just saw the guys yeah they're working out at the moment yeah, yeah. we've got a couple lads there. there's a frame and Jake they're up and coming there a frame is phenomenal Jake is awesome he's right. still really young um, we have Pete as well he's on the pro circuit in Poland doing the MMA wow um, so we're getting some good little fighters coming through yeah um, and going through Jake is going he's got another title uh, sorry frame that's got a title fight coming up um, in a few months once that's gone through then he's pro Perfect. so as a new club we're getting it we've got our boxing um, instructor um, is Carl Wheeler right who's a pro fighter pro boxer wow um, and he's he's just been put on the thing as Cinderella man because what he's doing he's coming basically he's been off for a long time he's, he's going to come back, back to the old James Braddock yeah right. well, he's got the he's got a title fight on April the 26th I think it is down at York Hall in right. Green oh the home of boxing yeah that's, that's our Madison Square Garden yeah, yeah. He's, he's well excited uh, that's going to be that's going to be a good one where do you see the future of martial arts going in the UK Oof. To be honest, I think there's going to be a massive, massive divide yeah. because you've got yeah you've something needs to be done um, because you've got the ones that are teaching absolute garbage <laughs> and getting away with it yeah and it's dangerous. I mean, we're going through a big thing at the minute. I don't know if you want to edit this bit or not, no. but but we there's one thing. That there's, I don't know if you've seen it Mantis Self-Defence Mantis Kids Self-Defence is Mantis like an acronym for something it's basically joint locks if you go on YouTube and look at it, it they're doing oh. with the little kids with the big guy y- yes yeah. 
and five-year-old kid with a big guy and he's got massive arms he's standing there and the bloke's got him gold him in the wrist and he turns around and he puts him in the arm lock pushes him over and runs off the kid does yeah wow and they're pushing like mad at the minute and it's just but you you know what I say just about kids martial arts right and this is the one nine nine out of ten attacks on children are done by people that know them so you're like when kids come and train with me I teach them two things first of all I teach them to shout a lot and I teach them to run around a lot because if someone's trying to attack them running around and shouting sounds like a pretty good idea to me physics works The, the last thing you want is to be teaching some kid stuff that may or may not work morally to me that's reprehensible that's right and it's what you know kid comes into kid comes into your kids class what you're going to teach him first thing we do is shout kick and run everything is run yeah run away everything everything we do we even teach the adults we teach the women self-defense the main emphasis is on run away (laughs) adidas sell more sneakers than they do boxing gloves no one ever gets that one and i'm like well it's the truth yeah Yeah, i would be i'd rather be a runner because i don't want to work out whether or not it works or not and it's again you 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 just hit the nail on the head especially with some of the reality stuff i don't like Morally, I just don't. But like, where, where's your where you where's your stance on this? There's with I do some stuff. I do bits and pieces with the British Transport Police there yeah. in London. That's one of the things I wanted to get you on because Tony told me about this. Yeah. yeah, I've done stuff with the SF. I've done stuff with lots of different groups, um, private military, all sorts. Yeah. Um, and the thing is, the stuff. There's, there's different forms of self-defence. This is yeah. the bit that gets me. People go, we're doing self-defence, right? Actually, you're not. The first form of self-defence is don't be there. Yeah. Look at a situation first, go, shit, that looks bad. Yeah. I'm out. I'm not going to be here. That's what yeah. we teach them first. It's The reason is, it's personal safety awareness. It's yeah. your safety. It's you, Only you can do it. Only you can look at that situation and go... Shit. I do some stuff down at Oldenham Private School, yeah. one of the oldest, oldest basic private schools in the country. And I do a self-defence course down there that I've, they've asked me to come back like, on different courses and different amounts of time. And basically what the emphasis there is, they're not allowed to walk across the school field, right? Yeah. They're girls and boys but because of the size of the campus they go across the main road there's one part over there there's another part over there so I said to the sixth form girls when I was doing that I said right you're not allowed to walk across that school field now no right how do you get over to that building over there you go well you go around there right there's somebody there it's dark it looks like there's somebody in them bushes over there waiting for you where do you go well you'd have to go round no why go across that school field yeah we're not allowed go across that school field yeah that is safer take the bollocking when you get across (laughs) that other side yeah yeah, and tell them why if they do you and you get done for it phone me up and I will come down and tell them why you walked across that school field that's to me that's self defence the second part of self defence is getting grabbed yeah um, because of doing this school stuff, I've looked at self-defence and different sides of it. I looked at statistics as well. Right? The government statistics of women 
get from the age of 17 to 27 in higher education, so like six forms college, yeah, yeah universities, Uni. yeah, yeah, is one in three women will report sexual assault, rape, or groping. Jesus. One in three. Fuck, that's, that's high, man. That's unbelievable. And that's government statistics. If you go on the internet and have a look, and that's UK. That's not wow. just all over. That's that's crazy. Yeah. It's, it's like lots of bits and pieces where they do sort of knife defence and things like that. Yeah, not a fan of that. No. No. The thing is, stabbings with knives have gone down in London. Yeah. But stabbings have gone up. Right. What it is, they use push bike spokes. The reason they use them, all they do, they get a push bike spoke. You buy an old bike yeah. at a scrapyard, sharpen the end up. If I stab you with that, yeah. it's probably. Jesus, yeah, no, yeah. no, no, that you're telling me, yeah. 10 inches long. 10, 10 12 inches easy. Right. It, what it does, it goes in, the damage it does inside, you start bleeding out inside. You pull that spoke out, it's a tiny little hole that closes up and doesn't bleed. Jesus. So they walk off thinking, oh, you walk off, they throw the spike away, whatever, tie it up, they're never going to find it, they don't know what they're looking for. Right? That's crazy, man. You bleed out two, three, four hours. Where did you get stabbed? I Who stabbed know. you? Yeah. Now, that's stabbing. Showing a knife is threatening. A showing never stabs and a stabbing never shows. So, if they show you a knife, they want something. They want your watch, give them your watch. If they want your wallet, give them your wallet. If you want your car keys, give them your car keys. It doesn't matter. Yeah, you made it once, you make it again, eh? That's it. Yeah, so give them it. Get rid of it. Yeah. All right? It doesn't matter. If they're gonna show you that knife, that's all they want. If they wanna kill you, you don't know it's going to... No, they're going to kill you. It's... So, if they've got something, why play with it? Why attack them if they've got a knife? Why try and take it off? Well, this is this is my, my whole my whole ethos uh, all the time is when people say that martial arts work, and I say, I've never, ever got into my car and wanted to know if the airbag works. I hope it works. I invested in the best airbag on the business, and do you know what? I'm not going to arrive like a prick. That's that, that, and that's, that's what I get with the life. Uh, you see, the UK is funny at the moment because we're more desensitised now than ever you know what I mean I'm, I'm not I don't want to sound like an old fart who thinks that playing Call of Duty turns everyone into like absolute homicidal maniacs but it's that old statistic that once you get to what is it in America they had it that at 15, 15 years of age you'd seen over 100,000 deaths on television or in a game statistically yeah you see that enough that's yeah. right that's the thing I think films are a nightmare for it because how many films where you see the hero go out, get wrong, kill hundreds of people and just walk off and become a hero? Yeah, Because yeah. he's killed them people. Realistically, even if he was in the right, he would still get arrested. But they don't, people don't get this. You, know? you look at it and you go, right, John McClane's my favourite. Anyone knows me, I love Die Hard, man. I live my life, live my life by John McClane's ethos, right? But literally halfway through Die Hard 1, he turned into a serial killer. We, we don't look at the world like we used to. Coming from a traditional background, you believe in all the great things that martial arts gives, right? You talked about how many people that come in here and know the guys who are getting ready for fights and stuff. How many normal people come in here and you turn their life around? 
is it a two to one scale three to one scale it's got to be yeah. maybe probably more right yeah yeah and yeah that, that's got to be something great to put into the community oh that's awesome what was your driving motivation when you opened up the gym to open up the gym was actually to do something that we really enjoyed during the day and teach at night. Yeah. That's what we did. And to get all the different styles in and train and play and have a crack and do everything. Yeah. Once we got here, we've got in our kids' um, our kids Taekwondo class that Steve takes, we've got five, I think there's five autistic kids right in the thing we've because of that from that it's sort of evolving now because we've only been open two years it's a new club yeah. and everything evolves from the instructors get rid of some take new ones on yes they're fitting everybody that we've got now is awesome yeah we've got I just happened to get a phone call for Fight for Autism. Yeah. Right, and it's a massive organisation. Absolutely massive. The UFC, they've got fighters in the UFC that promote it. Right. They've got it all. If you look on the UFC cage, they'll have the banner with two fists. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fight for um, Autism. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, it started in Australia, went through America, and now we've been asked asked to do stuff with them. One of the girls here, second hand black belt, I've got her and she's the first junior ambassador in the UK. Right. For for wow. And once you start doing this sort of stuff, you don't realise until you do something like this and work with children, actually it is a massive problem. There is so many. So it's many crazy, kids. isn't it? Yeah, and for instructors, people look at it and go, people, kids with autism, they go, whoa. I can't do that. It's scary. Yeah, but yeah, but I thought, I thought you like. I oh. thought you like being in scary situations. You said you were a fighter. What you get out of it is phenomenal. Martial arts instructors have got to be willing to work with the kids. Too right. You know, uh, like Pillage, he had a couple of guys there. One guy was autistic, and I swear to God, he was the only guy that could get some of the Carly drills. Yeah. And he looked at it, and everything made sense. But what he taught me was once I said something, that was written in stone. It was like, you know, you know it was, you know, never, never promise anything to a kid because they'll always remember. Yeah. You know, that's the one. And it was like with this guy, he was the same. I just said to him, like, you always come in at an angle one. And then next time I tried to teach him an angle two, he went, no, no, you always come in on an angle one, Mick. You said that. And I'm like, shit. So then I had to, uh, it was, I had to shape everything. But for me, as a teacher, it was great because it made me look at, I wanted that message, but I had to get it in a different way. Sure. And it was unbelievable. And it, again, we say we're warriors. If you're a warrior, you empower. I really believe in this Spartan thing, you know what I mean? It's like, if we're all in this together, instead, you know, the phalanx is only as strong as its weakest link. So we'll make you strong. You know, yeah. don't, you don't... You don't throw people to the wolves because no. they haven't got they haven't got ability. No. Give them the ability. Uh, were you born with ability? No. <laughs> I got them now. Really? Yeah. I tell you what, we're gonna we're gonna I've got two more things I've got to do, right? First of all, what do you want to achieve in martial arts? Bear in mind you're only a young man. <laughs> yeah. Um I don't really know to be honest. I mean what it is, I'd like to get recognised for what I do and for how I am. And hopefully this is going to do it. And put it in so people that I teach and I show also 
get recognition for being able to do it properly. Yeah. Because there's that many people that can't and pretend to do it that the thing is with pressure points I'll go back to pressure points because that's yeah. the same my thing hitting hard and pressure points that's basically what I do yeah right? so with the pressure points we've already said I, I do finesse yes um, and do it what I hate and I hate with a passion is pressure point fighting right there is no such thing it's bollocks right pressure points are a tool yeah right they're not anything else you have to it's something to add in to what you do you can't just sit there and go oh yeah I'm going to stand here like this and go stomach nine and watch him drop on the floor yeah yes you can it will work but it's how, not going to happen how are you going to how are you going to get to be able to deliver that that's right yeah and that's the thing it's a tool it's the same with hitting hard it's a tool yeah you've got to get there it's like the jiu-jitsu muay thai whatever you do is a tool yeah it's not a this is the ultimate yeah you see anybody that's awesome at their game they don't do one thing no it's not linear no, you got you got to have a repertoire. It's like, as you're saying this, I'm just thinking about it. The best analogy I can use is, right, when you need a block plane, a block plane's awesome, right? But I'll tell you something, when you're up on a cut roof, right, block plane's about as useful as a chocolate fire guard, right? Yeah. But when you needed it, then you needed it. I remember Guru Dan was saying it once, and you've just said something that hit me on the head, because the minute you're saying it, it actually belies your trade as, as a carpenter. Uh, and you know yourself, whether or not we want to say it or not, what we do defines who we are as people, right? When you were working full time as a carpenter, you had a, you had a van full of tools, yeah. Right, and I'm going to read your mind now because I don't know anything about it. your van was in a shitty mess. Every yeah, everything was in its place if you wanted it because you're not the sort of guy that wants to go looking for stuff. That's you it. you want to know where it is, right. right time, right place. There's your pressure points right there. You see, this is the cool thing. It's like we come in and I was going to wrap this up, but you wrapped it up way better than I did because I was going. My whole thing was I was going to go like that. This is Pete Holmes, and you know what? We we're going to talk about the validity. Of pressure points but he's such a wonderful guy we didn't even have to do that and that's what martial arts is where we talk about stuff and we just go right I don't agree with that part well prove it to me which to me seems quite simplistic you know Uh, and then you turn around and the first thing you said was it's bollocks but how many rounds of boxing would you do right so if you're working out a week well perform backwards yeah yeah countless yeah yeah and then every now and again you're able to throw that one shot in and you just go and yeah, that's what you know without sounding like yeah big headed that's what separates us from your average guy and that's what we yeah, we want to be virtuosos but do you want to be a painter and decorator or do you want to be an artist because guess what Michelangelo could come around and do my horse stairs and landing but you know what <laughs> my mate who's doing a job for me at the moment he can't do the Sistine Chapel Peter it's been an absolute pleasure thanks awesome. man thank you very much Brilliant. I told you it was painless didn't I that's good crap thanks for listening today we have a brand new show every Friday and on next week's show we've got this there was a, a guy who couldn't tie his belt in there and my daughter went over and tied his belt, his belt. And he looked at her and, and he went, it's cool. Everybody has had that problem. When I, when I seen her done that, I had to hold my back, myself back from crying in the class. I actually 
stop myself and turn around because she understood the morals. You can listen to all our interviews on MixedMartialArts.com. Mixed Martial Arts is a Pay Your Headphones production. Wah!